This is an AMI podcast. Hey there, this is Kelly McDonald, co-host of Kelly and Company on AMI-audio. On our show, we're always discussing the latest events and happenings in the blind and low vision community. Our regional contributors across Canada work tirelessly to keep you updated on events you can't miss and keep you connected to your community. So don't miss out. Listen to Kelly and Company wherever you listen to good podcasts. I'm Joitha Gupta, and this is The Pulse. People with disabilities, as performers and theatergoers, have been raising fundamental questions about representation, aesthetics, theater practices, social inclusion, identity formation, and the pursuit of justice through the arts. An important component of inclusivity in the arts focuses on the diversity of the audience and supports multiple forms of audience engagement. Beyond that, the objective of art can be twofold, both to allow for self-expression and also to afford opportunities for reflection and contemplation. After all, art is set to imitate life. People with disabilities involved with theater and the arts embody unique approaches to the creative process and shift the discourse around what is artistically possible. Today, we discuss inclusive theater. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Joitha Gupta and I'm the host of the program. It's wonderful to be with you again. I hope wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're keeping well and staying safe. I want to remind you that if you'd like to keep up with the AMI-audio coverage around COVID-19, you can visit ami.ca forward slash COVID-19. My guest today is Alex Ballmer, who is an award-winning writer, filmmaker, actor, and educator. With 30 professional years across theater, television, film, radio, and education, Alex is dedicated to inclusive, collaborative art practice. Alex is currently co-artistic director of Common Boots Theater in Toronto. I believe this is Alex Ballmer's first time on the program. Alex, welcome to The Pulse. It's so great to have you. Thank you very much, Joita. Good to be here. It's good to to talk to you again. Uh, we were just talking off the just before the program about how I I ran into you about a year and a half ago at a performance, an acrobatic performance, and that was such a unique experience to have that described. But we'll probably talk about that later on in the program. But where I wanted to start today is um, a play that you are you put on quite recently called "May I Take Your Arm." Such an interesting yeah. concept. What can you tell us about it? Well. Um... May I take your arm? Um, I think for uh, most blind people or those with low vision, there's probably a fairly well-known <laughs> phrase uh, that we use when um, we are uh, seeking some sighted guide support. And um, in this particular seeking of sighted guide support, I had just uh, moved back from the United Kingdom where I was living for about 14 years. I moved back to Toronto, and I moved to an area of the city that I didn't know. Um, and 
tactile maps are, are always useful in terms of navigation, but I, I, I didn't find that uh, I, I was lacking a, a way of really understanding, in a sense, where I had landed. I felt very disorientated, and I, and I didn't feel a sense of home. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, uh, I reached out to lots of people as I was walking through the neighborhood with my cane, um, and you know, I would say, "May I take your arm?" And I'd have these really interesting little short walks with people, and I thought, "Oh, this." this could make a really interesting audio play. That was my first instinct, was that it would simply be something in audio. And so um, I worked with a friend of mine who has a lot of skill in audio recording and editing and also has a company called Red Dress Productions. And um, together with his business partner, so that was Tristan Whiston and Anna Camilleri, we decided that we really loved this idea as a, as a piece of possibly as a piece of theater, live theater. And um, so we, we worked on it, and they, what they did was they, they knew a lot of people in this community because they do a lot of community work. Um, and, they, and they chose eight different people to walk with me that they felt reflected the real diversity of this neighborhood. I'm living in Cabbage Town, St. Jamestown area. It's a very, very interesting neighborhood in, in, in terms of ethnicity um, and so they uh, they chose eight people that I didn't know and mm-hmm. um, I went on walks with them and the very first thing I said at the very beginning of each walk uh, was may I take your arm and off we went and we had the walks recorded and I got to know my new area my new neighborhood um, through their stories and, and their memories and their connection uh, to this part of Toronto. It was really phenomenal. And that formed the basis of what ended up being a, uh, a live theatre piece with um, all sorts of different sensory elements. And so you never really had any prior knowledge of the people who would go on these walks with you. No prior rapport. How did you find the experience varied across different conversations? Uh, There's a really lovely trailer that you can see on YouTube and there's so much flavor in, in each of those little snippets of audio that we can hear as part of the trailer, but how did it all come together for you and weave a rich tapestry? Oh, that's such a great way of um, saying it. It It is a rich tapestry. That's for sure. Um, well, I mean, it's true. It's, um, you know, the first part of your question was about not having a rapport with people. I think that was something that I, 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 be, I became, I, I began to, to sort of recognize as a, um, as, as a part of the, of the gain, something I call blind gain. You know, we talk about sight loss, but there's also blind gain. And I, I can tell that because because I am taking someone's arm, there is a an immediate connection that is different than when you're walking, let's say, beside somebody, you know, without physical contact. And also, those people were were very aware that you know they were using language to describe the world around me, and also on occasion to ensure that um, my safety was upheld I you know I had my cane so uh, and I was using my ears to make sure that if I ever felt unsafe I could just let go of their arm but 
I think I think that unique relationship between two people, the mutuality of that, I think is very particular to a sighted and blind person moving through the world together. And I think because of that, our conversations became very rich and 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 personal and um, in some cases quite profound in you know in a, in a very short period of time so um, that actually was the start of what has become quite a series of, of um, blind walking art pieces that I've created I call I kind of I call it my blind work walking art practice I call it that but I can't <laughs> say it <laughs> um, but uh, it, it really yeah so that that really started a whole new um, a whole new way of working for me, and um, and then to the, to the rest of your question about how it all sort of weaved together. Honestly, it was completely organic. This was a this was such a wonderful process for me because things would start they would start in one place and then they'd go somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else. But at all times, it, it seemed to be like a cycle as opposed to a change of direction. So you know, we cycled around the idea of how do we turn place, how do we turn space, you know, vast, endless space into place, into home? That was sort of the first question. And then cycling around that were the walks and the memories and audio. And then we sort of cycled around that again and realized, oh, we'd really love to turn some of this into little miniature worlds. So um, uh, Anna Camilleri created these beautiful miniature tactile replications of all the different neighborhoods that I moved through with people, Riverdale Farms and the Necropolis, um, Allen Gardens. And so we then had, we had these um, beautiful uh, pieces that could be put into a space. And literally two days before we performed for our first audience, we thought, ooh, wouldn't it be great if we had some videography, somebody maybe following me with a camera as I go to these miniature worlds and then have my face and my hands making contact with these miniature worlds projected onto a wall and to see what, what that would bring. Um, and that really was, I think, the cherry you know, on the ice cream because suddenly we had a piece that was as powerful to the ears as it was to the eyes, as it was to the hands. And then... The, a lovely element came in to the very first show, which I have kept and um, is, I think, one of my favorite parts of the show is that throughout the performance, I ask, I turn to the audience and say, um, may I take your arm to find the necropolis? And so an audience member will get up and I'll take their arm and we'll walk around and they'll, they'll get me to the miniature world called the necropolis, even though I might actually have known by then because of all the rehearsal how to get there. I, I just love bringing that element back into the performance. So I think tapestry is totally the right word. One of the nice things or one of the ways in which the production has evolved to keep up with the times that we're living in, that being COVID-19, is the fact that you were able to present it over Zoom to, uh, I believe, a largely blind audience. This was fairly recently. Tell us about that experience. Um, well, 
that was a challenge. Um, we were given the opportunity as a creative team. Uh, so the team, uh, Katie, Katie Yeland, Tristan Whiston, myself, and Anna Camilleri, plus accessibility support with um, Becky Gold. So we were asked if we wanted to take the show into a digital platform. Um, we had intended to do the show live uh, in Kingston, and then we weren't able to do that. And so when they gave us that opportunity, it was the Fold Festival gave us this opportunity. My first reaction was no, <laughs> because I thought, no, like it's so interdependent. And, you know, the audience takes me through the space. And I just, I was so afraid that we were going to compromise the real roots and the real, you know, the, the essence of the piece, the artistic core um, by trying to make it digital. And, um, and I thought about it a bit longer and harder and, and just decided, okay, maybe, maybe we can make this work. Maybe there is a way. And as a team, we all decided that we didn't want to just try and squeeze, may I take your arm, the original live show into a digital platform without, in a sense, bringing it into the pandemic time that we're in. So we pretty much decided we had to make a whole new piece. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we did. And uh, we, we decided to use the, the, um, the core idea of walking through this neighborhood, but it was no longer authentic for me to learn the neighborhood. I, I had learned the neighborhood. Now what was authentic was for me to figure out how to get through the neighborhood during COVID-19 times where we have to physically distance, stay distant. And, you know, I'm not going to say, may I take your, well, if I say, may I take your army, it's just going to be no. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, so we, yeah, we came up, I came up with a whole new way of traveling, which was using a belt, mm-hmm. um, which kept us at a, at a, at a, a six foot three meter distance. And um, we recorded walks through the neighborhood and recorded um, the conversations had during this time and how the neighborhood had changed um, because of the new, the new rules and the, the closures, you know, some of these places that I had been to in the original show were closed. So that mm-hmm. put a whole new, um, it added a whole new layer and it gave me a chance to do some new writing. I, I decided at one point that the piece needed something to hold it together because it seemed really fragmented. And it just occurred to me that what I could do was I could, I could write a letter to the audience and basically say, you know what, I was meant to be with you live and I was going to ask if I could take your arm, but that's not happening. What's, this is happening. And so I'm, I'm sitting here by myself now and I'm writing, I'm going to write to you. And so I wrote a letter to the audience and it was, it really worked well for me because it gave me a chance to, to, to connect both the past experiences of walking and the present experience, as well as, you know, reflect on what it's like to be blind during this time. You know, the, the difficulties um, of being blind during a pandemic when we're supposed to be physically distancing, which is completely uncontrollable for a person who can't see on their own. Um, and talk about how the world had become so alien and, 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 and write and speak to the, the experience of sensory deprivation. Like it was a very, was a really, I think a very, um, 
cathartic and it was very helpful for me to to have that opportunity for me personally and and I felt I felt really good about the fact that if this was going to be going out to a blind audience I really wanted it to speak to the specificity of of our experience as blind people at this time but just to say it, it ended up being um, uh, Luminato Festival took it on as well, so it went well, well, well beyond uh, uh, blind audiences. It, uh, it it um, it was seen by it was actually seen by people in Australia and the United States. It it had quite a, a far it had quite a reach, which is really exciting because sometimes our work doesn't go that far. You're listening to The Pulse on AMI-audio. You're with me, Joetha Gupta, and my guest today is Alex Palmer, who's an award-winning writer, actor, and, of course, the co-artistic director of Common Boots Theatre in Toronto. Alex, when I think about some of your your 30 years-plus experience in theatre, I wonder if you've ever thought about practicing theatre in a way that decenters vision so you know we we say so much that seeing is believing but is there a way to perform theater so that it's not just about what we see but it also takes into consideration all of our other senses well i feel like you're reading my mind (laughs) (laughs) because i actually have a workshop that i launched um a year ago called blind imaginings and blind imaginings is about decentering vision from our creative practice in order to find new pathways uh, for theatrical creation. So I absolutely embrace your question. And the answer is yes, yes, and yes again. And I think the answer is yes, not just for myself or the other blind artists, uh, but for the the wider community, and I and I can refer back to the response from the very first um, blind imaginings workshop that I did. Uh, both the blind and sighted participants in the workshop felt that their 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 practice would never be the same again, because everyone was encouraged to imagine the world and imagine their creative ideas using all the senses aside from vision as the lead because so often and i and i can say this as someone who was cited so often i think we are very dominated by um our 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 engagement with the with the visual sense both in in reality and in our imagination Um, not everybody not everybody um I mean, there are people who who have no visual imagination, but I'm talking about sort of generally speaking. So this workshop is really encouraging people to find out what happens when they tell the story of walking home, but they tell it, they describe the story of walking home, not according to what they see, but all the other sensory engagement that happens. And it's a really interesting exercise because sudden light bulbs go on that people suddenly hadn't really thought about what they are feeling under their feet or, or what the sounds of their neighborhood. And then if you apply that to creative practice, it's really exciting. All the new ideas that can come uh, to the front. So I, and, and I, I'm, this is, this is absolutely uh, at the core of, of my practice from, from now on. Um, and I'm 
really looking forward to creating more art that is a combination of live and recorded, but is very, very purely um, driven by audio. Whereas May I Take Your Arm had a very strong visual component, but I'm, I'm very interested in, in something that I call the ear gallery, which I want to create with Common Boots, which will be very driven by um, a sense of, of engagement through, uh, through listening and speaking and voice. And so if we look at this sense of engagement through all of our senses, and I would even add things like touch or temperature or the feel of certain things, texture, right? Mm -hmm. Is there some scope to also reimagine blind subjectivity and blind personhood in the context of uh, a a multisensorial representation of art and theater and blindness within art and theater? Because I sometimes feel that, Blindness can be seen as a very unilateral, one-dimensional, one-size-fits-all concept. But your experience of being blind is, I would gather, very different from my lived experience of being blind. So does it actually mm-hmm. open up these rich spaces for inquiry? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, um, I guess to be really clear about my last answer, um, you know, I was speaking specifically about sort of the oral world, you know, thinking about what I can do with, with uh, you know, more sort of online, especially since we're going into this phase where theater, it's going to be a while before theater is um, a gathering. Um, but to think about it in those terms in the future and what um, blindness has given me as a, as a theater artist, it's absolutely, it's so layered. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's really exciting to, to think about the engagement of theater as something that you can you can feel as well as hear as well as see as and you say temperature, you know, um, touch tours are, are quite a traditional thing in the UK, which is where blind people are um, given the opportunity to to enter the set and feel uh, props and costumes and um, textures and and that's great. Those things are usually designed for a sighted audience. What excites me is um, what I call uh, sort of blind dramaturgy or blind design, um, where, or some people might call it accessible design, but where actually the show is designed with blind people in mind as audiences. So if you imagine beyond the assumed, uh, be, you know, the assumed being everybody, everybody's sighted, if you imagine that the people in the audience are not all sighted, and actually you can imagine that the artists who are creating the piece are not all sighted, again, you know, you're starting to really open up ideas around design, which to the eye might appear to be uh, intriguing and may not necessarily make sense at first, but I think it's really exciting to think about a sighted audience, you know, visually trying to put meaning to something. And then when it is interpreted through the realm of a, a blind artist, when it's interpreted through that perspective, ah, yes, okay, I understand this now, right, says the audience who's cited. This, the meaning of these things, they're not meant to be understood by the eye, but they're meant to be understood. They're meant to have significance through all our other senses. And I think that, that territory has really not yet, I think, been explored very, uh, very deeply. So that really excites me. We've got 
about a minute or so left. And so in a minute, can you tell us what you're planning to work on in the near future? Yes. I'm going to be putting together a series of uh, audio plays. Um, some will be, I think, an adaptation of short stories, and some will be adaptations of plays that already exist but are slightly rewritten um, to uh, for for simply to be received through the ear. Now, this, again, is strictly audio, and this will be presented in partnership with Balance for Blind Adults to blind to the blind community across Canada. That's coming up in the fall. Um, uh, it, it looks like I'll be taking over as sole artistic director of Common Boots Theatre. Um, so it will likely be, I think, one of one of Canada's uh, um, only uh, disability-led theatre companies. There are some across Canada, but not many. Possibly Toronto's first blind-led um, theater company and um and i am uh putting together a really exciting festival called commotion festival with harborfront center which is due to launch in april 2021 it is an international festival of disability art and we will be releasing our first commissioning scheme called pandemic postcards which is a digital series which will be going um on which will which will launch on harborfront live uh i believe in august and it gathers uh, three-minute pandemic postcards created by 20 disabled artists from all over the world. Well, Alex, I hope you'll join us to talk about that and all of your future endeavors. Thank you so much for being on the program today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I, I've really enjoyed this conversation, so thank you for having me. Thank you. That was Alex Bulmer, who is an award-winning writer, actor, and performer. And we spoke about Alex's play, May I Take Your Arm, and some of Alex's artistic practice. If you missed any of my conversation or would like to go back and have a listen, you can find it on your favorite podcast platforms. I just want to echo the importance of centering all of our senses, not just vision, in our in our consumption of and performance of art, be it theater, be it music. It's something that I've been exploring in a number of episodes here on the program. Um, more recently with Gilly Hammer, if you'd like to check out that episode, we talked a lot about having a multi-sensorial experience. Um, I also hope you'll head on over to ami.ca forward slash on the pulse, where I'll have a few additional thoughts. I'd like to thank Alex Walmer for being my guest on the program. Our technical producer is Nasreen Abdel-Majid. Andy Frank is our manager of AMI-audio with special thanks to Paula Deneen, technical supervisor. But most of all, thanks a lot for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.com. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. CA.